Welcome to the 2B1 Life Epic Journey Podcast. I'm Sonny Zentmeyer and along with my amazing bride, Cindy, we believe that God has created marriage for an epic and heroic journey. Every great adventure and expedition has a desire for victory, a strategic plan, and guides along the way. Everyone wants a marriage that wins. And we want to encourage you to live different, to love different, and to finish strong as we follow God's plan for oneness through the wilderness here on earth. We're so grateful you're here, and we believe that God will prompt you to discover His plan for your marriage as you live out your adventures together. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Epic Journey podcast, and we're so excited that you've joined us again. This is Sonny and Cindy, and we hope you've had a great week and are staying well in this winter season. Yeah, there's been some crazy weather lately going on, but um, the other thing that comes to my mind is that we got we also have Valentine's Day right around the That's corner, right. so just in case, FYI, um, it's coming up. That's right. It's a good thing to remember. <laughs> That's it is. So today our topic is going to be a continuation from last week. And so this is the Unified Team Part 2. But before we get started, uh, let's pray. So Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity and to spend time with you and to spend time with these couples. We just invite the Holy Spirit in to guide us in our, in our message. And uh, Lord, just be with those that have a need right now, Lord, a need for your guidance, a need for your care, a need for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> hey, so today we're going to be discussing truths that God has established in his design of marriage and his desire for you to become a powerful, unified team. So we're going to discuss <clears throat> six truths that will impact your oneness. So let's get started. Okay, we'll start with truth number one. That's right. So God re uh, recognized from the very beginning that it was not good for man to be alone. In the book by Tim and Kathy Keller, The Meaning of Marriage, Tim Keller says it's the first thing in the universe that God finds Ooh, imperfect. Huh. Wow. Powerful. Genesis 2.18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a, a helper suitable for him. And remember, we discussed a few podcasts back what a helper means. Yeah, that was so cool when we uncovered that word. Really meant that helper was a warrior. Was a that warrior. comes alongside. Yeah, so yeah. cool. So cool. So God created Eve specifically for Adam, and God brought Eve to Adam so they would be so they would be each com would be complete. God also wanted to, the credit for bringing Eve to Adam so she didn't just walk out of the forest. You know, he had just... Yeah, he didn't pick her from a harem. No, you know? <laughs> no. She didn't just, he didn't just wake up and she was there. But he brought her, he to, brought him, her right? to him. Yeah. He had just got done. Adam had just finished naming all the animals and did not find a suitable helper for himself. So God saw the need and then fulfilled the need and created marriage as a provision for them. Adam also recognized that God was providing for him by creating Eve. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> so and it's so funny every time we talk about this. Sonny loves to remind me that Eve was naked when he brought her to him. That's right. right. <laughs> that's why Adam's response was, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Adam and Eve are part of one another by God's design, completed and stronger together. God wants you to realize that he is way more intimately involved in your lives than you realize. 
He knows what you need before you do. He provides for you and wants you to acknowledge his provisions. You need to recognize that your spouse is a gift from God. And he wants the recognition and the praise for you you know, from you to have and to be, have a thankful heart for each other. And he wants the two of you to remain dependent on him. I think that's why he creates us with those weaknesses, right? That's right. He wants us to stay dependent on him. So truth number two, your marriage should be recognized as a covenant with God, not a contract with man. Marriage God's way It's established as a holy matrimony. It's set apart. There's an article that I read by Victoria Rialano, and she describes holy matrimony and says, it's not just the act of agreeing to spend your life together, but it's a sacred act of togetherness, honored by God, and created as a lifelong dedication to one another. I like that. I I think we need to remember, that, especially if we were married in a faith-based marriage that we we stood before each other we said vows and we made a covenant with god in those vows so the world wants you to see marriage as a contract a piece of paper a legal document but as christians it's way more than that it's a covenant that you have made with each other and with god so holy matrimony it takes the concept of serving one another as the most important aspect of our marriage relationship. It's not about finding someone who can make you happy. What can they do for me? But God flips it around because he knows what's best for us. That holy matrimony focuses on building a home that honors God. I like that building. You know, it's not a finished product. Yes, it yes. It doesn't start finish. It start. It starts with something you're working on on a regular basis. Right. He says becoming one. It's a process. It doesn't happen just because you you get married, but it's a process during your lifetime of marriage. But so it's really great to remind yourselves of the vows you made to one another and to God. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk about some practical ways that you yes. can really introduce becoming a more unified team and a stronger unified team so remember your marriage is holy it's sacred it's honored by god and it's set apart with a godly purpose and a plan so god has a bigger plan than you realize and he's prepared it for you in advance so he wants to use your marriage to accomplish great things in ephesians 2 10 we're reminded that for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And th- this is part of our quest as right. a couple, as a that. married couple, I love that. as a couple in, in a faith-based marriage, yes. right? What is God wanting you to unify around in order to walk in what he has purposed and planned for your marriage. I remember when we were, we did the summit last year, we did a summit, a marriage summit online. And one of the speakers was David Welday. And I think it, uh, I think it was him. And he said that he was talking to a friend about his, and his friend was kind of complaining about his marriage and frustrated with his wife. And, and it was an older couple. And David said, I know what you need. You need a baby. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the guy's like, what? Wait, we're done with all that in our marriage. And he said, no, 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 not a baby, baby. You need a project. You need to work on something together for the benefit of someone else. Your marriage needs to grab hold of a purpose together. And that's so important. And it's so powerful to realize that God's plan for marriage, it's not just about the two of you. No. It's for way more. It's about the power of the two of you being in agreement with God, impacting this world, being in that covenant with Him. Your marriage is set apart for some great things. And it's about 
the unified team to becoming one for a greater purpose. So good, yes. In the Two Becoming One study by Donna and Sally Meredith, they do a great job of identifying God's purpose for marriage from God's word, and they talk about God's purpose as being threefold. <clears throat> Number one, to reflect God, to reflect his love, his grace, and his mercy to others. Number two, to reproduce a godly heritage through your children, but also through others that you encourage in God's word. And number three, to reign over what you've been given responsibility of, stewardship of, but also in reigning over the enemy and Satan's attempt to divide you. Oh, those are so key. Right? Yeah. Last week, we talked about the importance of putting your armor on, recognizing when the enemy is at work, and picking up the weapons God has provided for you to fight for each other and not against each other. In Ecclesiastes, we also are reminded in Scripture, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift mm. him up. Mm. God has positioned you to reign by placing you into marriage as a unified team. Yeah, he knew we were going to need each other through that <clears throat> right. tough times. And this brings up uh, uh, nicely into the third and and thing that, uh, that God has established for marriage. Yeah, so the third truth um, God established that two shall become one, a unified team. God established that. In Genesis 2.24, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Listen, God ordained that two shall become one. He created two unique individuals with different gifts and talents, strengths and weaknesses to become one unified team. He created you with weaknesses. He That's wants right. you dependent on him. He wants you to come together with each other and be stronger together. There's more to this that we're going to talk about, but but in a second, but I, I just really want to stop right here because getting this concept of the unified team and the power that is in that yes. is huge. And you can you all can probably think of examples of like underdogs winning great championships and they it, they didn't win based on their talent. But they were they won because it was the strength that they had together to not give up and be unified be as unified. a team. Yes, right? yeah, we love the example of the 1980s hockey, uh, Olympic hockey team. That was a group of guys that had been playing four different colleges <clears throat> against each other. Rivalries that were thrown together to become a team. <laughs> the coach was not was was incredibly tough, and things did not seem to be coming together. And when he saw arguments and laziness and poor team interaction, he would make them stay late and practice over and over and over. And when they would, and when uh, at the end of the practice, he'd line them up and he'd ask them who they played for. They would each repeat the name of whatever college they had attended. This continued over and over until one practice that was really bad, and he just wore these guys down to where they were totally exhausted. And then he lines them up and he asks a question again. Who do you play for? And finally, the player that would later become the captain of the team stepped up and said, I play for Team USA. That still gets me. Yeah. <laughs> and one by one, the other players repeated the same. I play for Team USA. They were now one unified team that had to leave their previous allegiances in order to cleave and become a unified team. Now they were playing together and for each other, not in competition with each other, 
not with multiple opinions and plans, but with one plan, a plan to win. A and so important when we decide that as a couple, yeah. man, that sets out on a whole new trajectory that we're on it God's plan. It gives you plan. a totally different perspective. It sure does, yes. Yeah, of your marriage relationship. So <clears throat> you might need to leave some things behind in order to cleave and, be, and come into agreement with God's plan, which is a plan that wins. In marriage, when you stop competing and fighting against each other and, and you leave some things behind that just aren't healthy and helpful in your relationship, when you step into agreement together with God, there is so much powerful unity and oneness that 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 God has made available to you that is going to start happening in your relationship. Yes. Listen, the enemy wants to keep you distracted from unity and the power that God has for you. He wants to keep you dragging old stuff around so you're tired, you're worn out, it's just happening over and over again. But when you become unified together and with God, you become an unstoppable force for good. All of a sudden, the eyes get off of you and they get onto your purpose together so that key. God has for yes. you. So th this allows you, it, it, it gets you refreshed, you get renewed, you get energized for what's to come and what God is inviting you into. You know, it, it so helps cool. you sometimes, what doesn't God it? So cool, what God is inviting you into. Right, it, it helps you like create a new vision together of yeah. now the meaning of your marriage and, and what God might be showing you. And he... he causes you sometimes to start setting new goals in your relationship. You become more expectant mm -hmm. of things that God is going to bring into your relationship. It gives you a new perspective and a hope for the future. Hope for the future so, is so key. what is it that God wants you to get ready for? What are you going to cultivate in your relationship this year? More fun together, more travel, more hospitality, maybe inviting others over and encouraging them in their calling. Bring it to God. Ask him to guide you. He's going to reveal these things, but just start asking him those questions. Start paying attention more to what God wants to do in your relationship. Because he will not hide it from us. That's right. God has a plan for oneness that is certain in a world of uncertainty. Truth so this, number four Number right four, there. yes. <clears throat> I think that is so cool that he has a plan that is certain in a world of uncertainty. Yeah. His plan is supernatural, not of this world. We are losing so many marriages within the Christian community because many are following a natural human plan, not God's mm, plan. Yeah. We didn't realize God right. was that interested in us. Right. Explaining that the book.com discusses the book of Jeremiah and states that the, that the blessings were coming for the Jews, but they needed to wait. They needed to trust God's sovereignty. They needed to make the best of their current life until the blessings finally came. They needed to ignore the lies <clears throat> that were contrary, contrary to God's word, and they needed to think correctly of those future blessings. And so do you. <clears throat> when you find yourself deep in the wilderness, not even sure <laughs> how your relationship got there, we've been there. Yeah. We'll be there again, probably. No. <laughs> now that God wants to remove, no, know that God wants to move you back from wherever you are in the wilderness, wherever you've gotten off track, and back onto his path to where he is and what he is doing. It doesn't matter how jacked up your marriage is. He has a plan for you to choose to be part of it. No, God has a plan if we choose to be part of his plan. When you call out to him, he will meet you where you are and forgive you and restore you and starts something new.
That yes, you. that is so key is that <clears throat> restoration is part of God's plan to bring us back into unity together and with him. So one thing comes to mind here, you have to be willing to participate in his plan. You have to be willing to cultivate. And let let's face it, we live in a culture that it's so convenient. And if we need something, it's either right around the corner or it can be delivered to our front doorstep. We don't have to have to leave home, right? right. It just we we get on the internet and we order it and it's there but you can't special order your relationships a great marriage takes time and effort and it is so worth it so think of this analogy think of starting a garden you've got a vision for what it's going to be you you and, and what you want to happen in that garden but you have to be willing to cultivate imagine growing a garden full of fruits and vegetables you got to have fertile soil you got to have water, you got to have sunlight, and you have to have that repetitively. It's not a one-time thing, right? Now, that's so good because you say you have to have certain soil, so you may need to take some of the soil that's there out and add new soil. Right. You ne- you may need to find Turn some a things group over. of friends. You may need to go <laughs> you may need to find a group of friends. You may, may need to plug in to some new influences in your life right absolutely so there's a way that things grow well and that's certainly true for your marriage and and especially a godly marriage so like sunny said who are you surrounding your marriage with are they people that are enriching your life and your marriage are you planting seeds of faith and trusting god and reading his word seeking his guidance and instruction praying and spending time with him. Gosh, talk about cultivating. Your prayer life is a huge way that you can cultivate your relationship and grow closer and become more unified. Are you influencing your marriage through God's word and truth? Are you investing words of encouragement that build each other up and create growth in your relationship? So cultivating means you also got to attend to the weeds. Those things are going to crop up. There's going to be some negative influences sometime that need to be rooted out like weeds in a garden. You got to recognize them and go, you know what? That's not, we want to leave that. That's not good for our marriage. Do you need to pull some weeds in your own heart and mind? Your personal relationship with Christ is vital in leading and guiding you in the way you should go. So cultivating, it requires time, attention, and affection into your relationship. But the result is growth and fruit and a productive and fulfilling relationship. I mean, great things are going to come to pass because of it. So you can't expect to have a beautiful garden or in this analogy, a wonderful, successful marriage without tending to it and tending to it over and over again. So a good marriage and a unified team comes from following a good plan. God's plan. So be patient. God may want to change your heart as he prepares you for the blessings to come. He has a great plan for you, but it reminds me that just like with a garden, there's different seasons in our life where things happen. You know, in a, in a regular garden, the weather's not good. There's not much rain. But in our own marriage, we can endure times that are stormy. And, yes. you know, we may not feel like enough growth is taking place. But God's going to bring you into that next season. So keep cultivating, keep trusting him for that. Absolutely. <clears throat> so number five, God's plan is abundant life. But the enemy has a plan for your marriage as well. In John 10, 10, it says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Satan's plans are to cause division, not unity. Mm -hmm. When Cindy and I are playing the blame game and pointing fingers, now we realize at some point 
that we've taken the bait and fallen into the trap. One of the most powerful acts of oneness that we've experienced over the years is that when we realize the enemy is messing with us, one of us will acknowledge it and say, hey, the enemy is messing with us or the enemy is messing with our kids. Then by coming together in prayer and in agreement, you redirect your anger at what the enemy is trying to do to you and your family and to and and you disrupt his plans and take charge over your territory. This is our house and you do not belong here. Yes. Throw out the division and divorce and out of your hearts and your minds. Yeah, just take that word out of your vocabulary. That's right. Take divorce out. Don't threaten each other with that. Man, you just you, you just don't want to go there. No, don't create space for them in your head. These thoughts against each other are destructive and toxic. Get wise counsel if you need to, but know there is hope for you to reconnect again. God has a plan for that. I remember one time when Cindy and I were, were rowing and we had been out on the water and we were coming to oh, the floating dock, <laughs> our brand new dock that we'd never disembarked from before. And so as we rowed up, <clears throat> uh, we realized, you know, before we would just row right up to the shoreline, step out right onto the sand. But th- in this in this uh, scenario, we were rowing up to a brand new dock. So we come up parallel to it. We realized we really didn't have a plan. Now, something that's important to realize is that our double skull is 34 feet long, but only 14 inches wide <laughs> when you take the oars out. Very narrow. So we decided that we would, we'd never done it before. So we realized we didn't really have a plan. So we just kind of, we just kind of winged it, right? We improvised. We started taking the oars out. And once we had the oars out on, on the dock, we immediately had no ballast, no way to, to, uh, to, to keep us from getting upside down. And we immediately flipped the boat. I really don't. I, it didn't even take a second for the boat no, to flip. There was no. no like warning. It just went. Right. Yeah. And that since that was the first thing we did, our feet were still locked into the slide. And right. we had to, we, we were upside down in the water. We had to get had our to get feet a, undone. Yeah. And then we popped up and we're looking around how many people saw us. Like and, nobody saw us. All right. <laughs> and then we laughed as hard as we could laugh. <laughs> That's right. So we have to realize that when we don't have the right plan, we can really get turned upside down. And we can get turned upside down quickly. Yeah. We need to recognize that if we are entering that that if we are entering a new territory and don't have a plan, it's okay to seek good counsel from God's word, from others who have already been there and navigated this territory successfully. Yeah, it would have been nice if people had been up on that dock that we could say, Hey, how do you how do you get out of the boat once you get here? Or watch somebody. We could have avoided yep. but it yeah. was kind of funny. Guides are so important in our lives. Yeah, and so truth number six, through oneness, you will reign over the enemy's plans to divide you. You're gonna reign. And in Matthew 16, 23 it says, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So important to set your mind right in your marriage relationship. God's plan is unity and a unified team. Satan's plan is division, plain and simple. So, it's important to assess where we are, where you are, and make sure you're choosing the plan that leads to winning, choosing that covenant relationship. So let's review a few of the practical steps that might help you 
apply these truths into your marriage. Remember, these are truths that, that are helping us become that unified team. Some of these would actually be some good ideas for Valentine's Day. Yes. Or just any time you want to cultivate the growth and closeness of your relationship. All the time. Right. So <laughs> here's one. Recognize that your spouse is a gift and provision for you from God. Write a note to them, a love letter, verbalize it, pray together, and give thanks for them. Go to God and say, thank you, God, for this gift of my spouse. Call your wife, your bride, and introduce her to other people. Hey, this is my bride. Sonny gets tons of bonus points for that. (laughs) But call your husband your hero or another term of endearment so he knows that you're seeing him and acknowledging him as a gift from God. If some of these things feel awkward to you, then you got to ask yourself, okay, why? Why does verbalizing these kind things to each other feel awkward? And God may want to do something and address the condition of your heart and bring you back to to something new in your relationship. So find your own creative ways to show your thankfulness to each other and to God. And listen, do not keep score. Don't do that. Make it a point to outdo your spouse and let it fill you up with God being pleased with you and your efforts to love your spouse. Remember, we're called to reflect, reproduce, and reign. And God wants to work through you for the benefit of your spouse and others. That's right. So number two, rekindle your commitment to one another by finding your vows and speaking Mm -hmm. them to each other. And remind yourself that you made these vows to each other with God as a covenant. Yeah, we went to a wedding this weekend, right? <clears throat> we did, and it was so much fun, and it made us think, hey. you know, we need to rekindle the excitement of that time in our lives yeah, and, and, and get, do that regularly. Get those vows out again. And yes. Go, oh, so what did we commit to each other? That's right. <laughs> okay, so another thing that you can do is recognize the importance of your unified team and name your team. We've called our family the Z team since our kids were little because we're the Zentmeyers. So we use the Z team and now our kids are naming their own teams. But begin discussing how God may want to use your unified team to impact this mm, world. Yes. This can be simple acts of kindness toward others, doing something for a neighbor down the street or doing something that you're passionate about together, but figure out a project you could do together that God may be leading you to get involved in. So good. So here's another one. Number four, begin a discussion of ways you can cultivate the growth of your marriage. Join a marriage small group, go on a marriage retreat, read a book together, start regular date nights, get away for the weekend, And here's a big one. Start praying together and for each other. That has been one of the biggest things for our oneness and unity. Praying together brings us back into agreement with each other, but with God. And that is super powerful. So learn that if you haven't really been introducing prayer in your marriage relationship together, that could be a huge, huge key thing in bringing you into oneness together. Yes. Do unexpected kindness for each other. Yeah. All right. So here's another one understand the tactics of the enemy, the blame game, being offended, negative thoughts and attitudes, and then go on the offensive with God's plan and his weapons. Get your armor on. This might mean you go to God and ask forgiveness. You go to your mate for forgiveness and you begin to realize that you don't want to make agreements with the enemy. You want to make agreements with God about his truth in your relationship. So key. And number six, value your oneness and the power of it. Understand the tactics. Um, understand the tactic to divide you, and then come together in prayer and unify your team. Your oneness is active and ongoing. Yes. To becoming one is a process. 
requiring faith in action. Own it, desire it, and protect it. Remember, it's a unified team that wins. Yes, the unified team will win. That's Guys, so thanks key. for being with us. We're going to yes. wrap up with prayer. Yes, Father God, we just thank you so much for, for your word and how much your word guides and directs us. And, and Lord, that you want us to come together into unity. You knew we would need each other. Lord, that sometimes we fall, but we need each other to pick each other up and, and to continue moving forward and coming back into agreement with you. Thank you, Lord, that you love to restore our unity with each other and that when we come to you and we seek that that we can be restored that we will become stronger as a unified team thank you lord for 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 bringing us together today for um, encouraging each other and lord just help these couples in this week ahead in this time of celebrating our love for each other to to come to you and figure out unique and creative ways that we can begin to rekindle and share um, wonderful uh, things in our relationship together and to become a powerful, unified team. We just thank you and we praise you for your guidance and direction in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, thanks again for joining us and we'll see you on the next podcast. Have a great week. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this podcast, we ask that you would leave a review. You don't need to write anything, just tap the stars. It'll help us reach other couples. If you don't already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 2B1Life. It'd be a blessing to have you join our community as we walk in faith together through life in this epic and heroic journey. Thanks for listening.